Castillon. Hey, what's happening, folks? Welcome to episode number 53 of the Flight Deck Podcast. It's your boy TK joined with my guy, Mr. Matthew Freeze. What's happening, Matt? What's going on? What's going on? Glad to be back. I know we've been taking a, a couple hiatuses here and there. Work and everything else. Life is coming at us a little bit right now, but we're trying our best to uh, to cover as much as we can. Some news, especially with the combine and draft, uh, quickly approaching and free agency. So, you know, a lot, a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, matter of fact, as we're recording right now, we got the first day of the combine going on. Uh, woo, we got tight ends running, wide receivers running tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget who else, but yeah. So you know, combines in full swing. I I think really this is the unofficial beginning of the off season for me. Uh, you know, starting with the combine, leading up into um, free agency. Uh, we're getting close to teams picking up, deciding to, uh, you know, do extensions and whatnot. We heard talk of, well, they, they basically came out and said they're picking up Q's fifth year option. That's a, that's a no brainer, which we all pretty much thought. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, anything interesting around the league that you saw? Uh, I mean, there's really, I, I feel like we're just starting to pick up. We're just getting over that dead time where it's that let little jet lag, so to speak, between the Super Bowl and the start of the offseason. So it's starting to pick up now. I mean, I guess the biggest news, I don't know if you really want to talk about it. I don't know if it's even, you know, worthwhile talking about it is, a, is that whole Kyler Murray situation going on where, you know, I mean, for, for those that don't know, he shares the same agent as Marcus May and we kind of, as Jets fans already have have knowledge of, uh, I think his last name's Eric. I think his first name's Eric Burkhart, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know the headache that that guy kind of causes for people. So Kyler Murray actually shares the same agent, and you know, some some sometimes agents are better off to be just that agent, just sitting in the background, not so much being in the limelight. And I just think that this is one of those guys where, if Kyler Murray wants a long, prosperous, you know, lucrative you know, career, he's got to, he's got to make a change when it comes to his agent. Cause his agent is running his mouth talking about, you know, they, he released this whole letter. I don't have it in front of me, but you know, essentially saying Kyler has dragged this team out of mediocrity and don't get me wrong. Like they were not a great team at all by any means. I mean, you know, stuff happens, but you know, you, you, the, the letter for your agent to release a letter in the manner he did saying the things that it said, you know, how Kyler Murray is responsible for why they're, you know, as great as they are, not including the talent around him, you know, the the front office down and, and, and the free agent additions, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, like all these guys and development of other players, Buda Baker, you know, Isaiah Simmons, the, you know, that we talked about today. It's just it's a, it's a bad look. I don't, I don't really know if that's, you know, newsworthy, so to speak, but it was definitely us all around the NFL. And, and honestly, Kyler's done a great job, but, you know, I just don't – I don't think you're in any position right now to be saying, I want a new contract. Like, play out your fourth year, and then, you know, usually around that fifth year when they pick up your option, that's when you could really start discussing that contract. Yeah. I mean – I, for one, think people put too much stock into, you know, social media follows and all of that, which is, you know, where a lot of the talk came from 
with him unfollowing uh, the Cardinals and then them unfollowing him likewise. Uh, but what's interesting about this situation is that Kyler shares the same agent as his coach, and his coach just re-upped him. For, uh, yeah, 2027. Um, and honestly, it makes more sense for them to do the coach first, considering that, you know, there's so much that will go into Kyler's contract and, you know, everything surrounding it, like, you know, dead money and, and you know, uh, things of that nature that kind of, well, it really determines how they move forward, you know, signing other people. Like they have to look at the bottom line a lot closer with Tyler's contract than they did with Cliff Kingsbury. But yeah. you know, this whole unfollow follow stuff, man, is it's gotten to the point of just being absolute, you know, ridiculous. And like I don't really buy into it too much. It's 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 kind of like some sophomore high school type of stuff. Yeah, but it's I, done to make a point, you know. Yeah, and and, and I get it. Right, but my whole thing is, you know, we're grown. If if I have a situation with you, Matt, I'm gonna pick up the phone, or I'm gonna message you, Matt. We need to talk. You know what I'm saying? No, no rather I than getting out there like that. But you know, that's. I, mean, I just got a quick side note, like about this situation, is that, and the reason I said, like, Kyler has been outstanding the last couple of years. Like, we can all agree that he's taken steps forward, leaps and bounds from year one to year three. Like, we get that two-time Pro Bowler. Dude's dude has insane amount of rushing or stuff like that. But if, if we're sitting here, right, in our right mind, Kyle's the first pick in the draft, and I get that. But if we're sitting here in our right mind and, and Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a new contract after winning an MVP, after going to the playoffs to what, two out of his three seasons, after the production he's put up for that team, and everyone has their thoughts about Lamar, but the reality is, is the dude has an MVP, right? He has right. he has unproven success. And I'm not saying Kyler doesn't, but if we're going to sit here and we're going to say, oh, Kyler deserves a deal – why is Lamar's fifth-year option getting picked up? And why is he, he – he doesn't do these theatrics. So it, it's just – you know, Kyle, that, when I say Kyler isn't in a position to, to be making demands like this, I just don't think he is because you don't see guys around the league like Lamar Jackson making a big fuss about this. He wants a new contract. He's going to get a new contract. He earned that contract. But one more side note is Kyler needs to understand that the reason he's probably not going to get a new contract is that rookie, that rookie deal – allows you to have those exorbitant, really nice weapons that you have, the DeAndre Hawkins. That lets you have Chandler Jones. That lets you have J.J. Watt bring in these free agents. So you got to understand that you haven't accomplished nearly anything in the NFL compared to a guy who's won MVP, and they still got to surround you with talent because they really – most quarterbacks, you don't know what you're getting after all that talent's gone. That's why the draft is so important and hitting on your picks is so important because yeah. if you don't, your quarterback could get exposed, and that's, yeah. just, you know, that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, and, and one one other quick thing uh, about it for me is that he can do all this unfollowing and so on and so forth to try to prove a point. They still have him under their thumb for a minimum of three years, if not four, because they can franchise tag him twice. Yeah, yeah. So you know, cut the shit and and have me in business, and you'll get paid. You know, Lamar about to break the bank, and he hadn't said a word. So. Now, since we since we talking about money and and things of that nature, I I guess we we should talk about you know the the financial situation of the Jets. And I mean, quite honestly, we're in a good position as far as as cap and all of that. But there can always be more cap gained through 
some crucial moves. And uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll take some time to, to talk about who will be some salary cap casualties, right? Um, you know, we, we've seen Joe D be very shrewd in his, his moves to save money, a la Chet, uh, that's what I say, Channing Crowder. I was watching uh, I Am Athlete earlier. Uh, Jameson Crowder, last year, um, we saw how he moved with that. And some of the other deals that he made, you know, to, to save money. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. So we're gonna do keep him a cut him. We won't have to take long. It's <laughs> a couple of we won't have to take long at all. But I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you first with uh old number 62, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Van Rod. Keep him a cut. Come on, I mean, come on. Like, th- th- is this even worth a worth? We gonna waste. We gonna waste like two, three minutes of my life that I'm never gonna get back talking about how garbage this guy is and how I what was his cap? I think his cap is what three and a half. Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere in the three and a half million dollars. Like this is that's the it's the single dumbest thing in the world to even have this conversation because we all know he's gone. He's he he's all but lost the code to enter the building at this point. Like, there's no need for him. There was never a need for him. It was nice when we brought him in. I thought he was going to, you know, translate well. But, you know, it, it just hasn't worked out. And at $3.5 million, you can't – there's no justification for a roster spot there. That's a roster spot that you can fill with another guy who's marginally, you know, on an NFL roster. So, now this is – that's probably the easiest cut in the world from any team in the NFL, period. There's, there's no – there's there's no argument you can you can make to keep him on the roster, especially not at that cap it. Even at a reduced cap it, you can't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep him for vet minimum. I I wouldn't. And, and you know, I'm just I'm just being honest. No no disrespect to him, but we saw his work and his inability to work well. So yeah. All right, cut him. Moving on, number seventy five. Amari's favorite guy with the short arms, Mr. Chuma Adoga. Keep him a cut. Him. Uh I think I think he Amari and me have been big proponents of moving him on the inside because he has those tiny arms. I agree. But I will say in that fill-in role when he came in, I forget what game it was, he played pretty well at left tackle. He, he did. He did. He played, he played up, you know, average to above average football. And honestly, I know it's a small sample size. I know you haven't seen him seen enough, but I just don't listen. He's he's uh, he's a Joe Douglas draft pick, correct? He doesn't. Yeah, I mean, we we all know that Joe Douglas loves his draft picks, and I think there was enough on tape for you to be like, okay, you can run it back with him because he's on a a rookie deal still. He's not making any money. And honestly, if you're letting Van Roten go, and you could somehow, I mean, not somehow, anyone could, you know, the coaches could do whatever they want. You can potentially move him on the inside. You don't know what you got because if he can play average football on the outside on that left tackle position for the for again, I might have been against the Bucks if I'm not mistaken. If he if he could play play that type of football at left tackle, you could probably swing him inside. Maybe you get maybe you find something. Maybe you have a little bit above average right guard play. And what's the worst that happens? He's on such a minimal amount of money that it's not really going to make a difference anyway if you keep him. So yeah, I, I give him a roster spot. Yeah. So his. Uh... His cap hit is like 1.18 or something like that. Um, and like you said, he 
he came in, he was serviceable enough last year. And and for that amount, um, I say keep it, man. Um, you, you saw you had some quality with him as a backup. So I'm I'm on the, the keep him train. All right. Um we'll stay with the line and go with uh Mr. Center, number 60, Mr. CMG Connor McGovern. Keep him or cut him. Uh, that's the that's the easiest keep out of probably this group, honestly. I mean, listen, everyone likes to rag on him, and I think his cap is somewhere in the ballpark at like eight to ten million, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's nine and a half. Somewhere yeah, somewhere somewhere in the middle. But uh, I think it's the easiest keep because I mean, this is the second year where he's been a a, a league average to above average center. You know, it, it's not easy finding a quality center. And I know everyone's going to be quick to be like, oh, Tyler Lindebaum in the draft, you know, all this other stuff. And, like, I, I totally get it. But, I mean, it, you, you got to keep at least some cohesion in the front of that offensive line. I think Zach Wilson has, if, and, again, God willing that Becton stays healthy, there can be four cohesive players, assuming they all stay healthy, on that offensive line. And then that really only leaves you that right guard position that you really got to worry about and address in free agency or through the draft. Um, you know, this is a, this is an easy keep. If, if you could restructure the deal, I'm all for it because nine and a half is, is quite a bit of money. But if he was to go into the season playing on that, I wouldn't bat an eye because at the end of the day, he's been an, an average to above average center. And what's the worst case scenario is that he walks next year. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about Cunningham this year and he walks next year after another year of quality performance to cash out, so be it. At least you got three of his better years, you know? Yeah. Listen, man, I am I am 100% on keeping him. And I'll even argue for, you know, restructuring or, or, or changing his deal to where you get an extra year out of. Yeah. You know, next year at a reduced rate. A lot of people talk about his age, which he's 29. But let's be real. Offensive linemen, you know, they last a long time, especially ones who don't have to do a lot of pulling and, and, and whatnot. I mean, hell, Andrew Whitworth is 38, 39. He's 41? He's 40 Jesus. or 41. I think he turned 41 the week after the Super Bowl or something like that. Okay, so you could look at Andrew Whitworth. He, he, he's playing at a high level, still getting paid, you know, at left tackle, which is a lot harder to do than at center. And, you know, you – We've seen, you know, CMG. Uh, we saw, you know, his 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 stats as far as, uh, you know, giving up hurries and rushes and and, and sacks. Um, and he didn't do that a lot. So I'm all about cohesion. I'm all about chemistry. And I do think that keeping him builds on that cohesion, builds on that chemistry, and it allows them to to you know gel even better when you don't have to replace two or three guys on the line when all and, you're looking for is maybe another tackle or right guard. And the and the only other important factor here is that you got to remember they were learning another new blocking scheme this year. Yeah. So it's like now they already have a full year. And we saw it down the line they were they were an average to above average unit as a whole. So keep the cohesion. They're gonna have another year in it. Beckton hopefully is going to come back better and, and, and in shape and obviously you know injury free, God willing and Listen, you add a right guard and you're talking about a potential, you know, top 12 offensive line because they're already comfortable in the system. You're bringing in a rookie that will take a couple weeks, but, you know, you'll, you'll definitely have a uh, have a chance to, to to build upon that. So I, I think it's a it's a no brainer. You keep them restructure. Sure. But 
it's a no-brainer. You don't cut a guy like that. I I totally agree. All right, let's uh let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Sheldon Rankins. Now he's due to make I think ten million this year. Would you keep him or cut him? Was it ten million? I think it's ten. I could have sworn it was like five. Uh, or I could be wrong. Let, let me. Yeah, let if, me you, if you want to just double check on that, because if it's ten million, that's the oh, easiest yeah. cut out of all these guys. Because I don't think he offers enough. I don't. I'm think sorry. Offers- it, you know, he signed for two years for eleven, so it's uh, it's like it's five, five or six. Yeah. Okay. I mean, honestly, listen, Sheldon Rankins offers a good amount of pass rush potential and ability, but and I know he's had a couple of ACL or, or Achilles injuries and. It's tough to come back and get your explosiveness back from something like that. So, like, I totally get it. But I don't think – if I'm being honest, I don't think that he should be on the roster. And I do think that he is a, he is potentially a cap casualty because, listen, the Jets – and, and I'll, I'll just quickly touch on this. The Jets are in such an advantageous position with the draft this year and such an advantageous position cap-wise that – you can potentially get away with moving John Franklin Myers inside because I think his skill set fits that better because he's a bigger he's a bigger guy. So I think you could potentially move him in and he can slot into where Rankins was on you know second and third down on passing downs, and then you can potentially draft an edge rusher. So I don't I don't see a role for Rankins now. If you can reduce his rate to vet minimum or a mil, one year a mil, okay, maybe I'll entertain the idea of, of of keeping him. But at that cap hit, I just don't think he offers enough. To to actually warrant a, a, a roster spot and that much money, I'm uh, I'm actually for keeping. Um, you know he he was like third on the team in sacks, and he did that at, you know in a reduced role. Like he was, he made plays when he was in the game. Now, if they can you know manage to restructure and shave some of that or convert some of that to you know, bonus money to, to give more cap space, cool, however. Um, but I do think he would be a solid part of this rotation. I know we have Jonathan Marshall, and I'm sure they'll draft somebody else. But, you know, I, I think it's something to say for, you know, veteran experience. Plus, I think he, you know, another year removed from being, you know, that major injury, I think he can be uh, pretty dynamic this year. So. I'm on the, the keep him train. Mm. Oh, man. It's it's tough because you also got Foley, who's a free agent. And if you can somehow yeah. cut him and allocate those resources to Foley and it's kind of a net net of zero additional dollars spent. You, well, let me let me say this. If if it comes down to keeping him and keeping Foley, then of course, hands down without a doubt, I'm cutting him and giving it all to Foley. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, staying on the defensive side of the ball, we got your boy, number fifty-three, uh, which that 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 number amounts to like total minutes he's played in two years, I believe. Mister Brian Cashman, cut him now or cut him tomorrow? I I don't think keep him is even. Blake Cashman needs to get cut, and I don't think it's from lack of talent. I don't think it's it, – it, I don't think he can't play. I think that he's a, a pretty pretty decent player, but you, you just – you can't fill up a roster spot or, I guess, a, a, an injured reserve slot, so to speak, every year and just expect to stay on a roster. Now, 
the Jets' luck in the past would be they're going to cut him and he's going to go star for someone else. So it's, it's almost inevitable. But you can't keep tying up a roster spot. I think he has all the talent in the world. I think he could be a starting linebacker in the NFL. But I just don't think that he can stay healthy enough consistently to warrant a roster spot. And it sucks, too, because I think all of us, when we drafted him and we saw him on the field in that limited limited time, we thought that he definitely had the potential to be, a, you know, at, at worst, a two-down linebacker. Yeah. At least yeah. a run-stopper. So it's just it's, – it's a tough pill to swallow because I think he's a talented guy. And I hope he can stay healthy. But tying up a roster spot, I just don't – I don't see it. Yeah, I'm uh... – I'm all all with you on that, man. Like this, this is definitely not about lack of talent, his play. Because I mean, when he plays, he he gets out there, he gets after it, sideline to sideline. But I mean, you know, availability is the best ability, and he just just don't have it, man. So yeah, I, I agree. We cut it. Uh last one we got. Running back, LaMichael, P. Ryan, keep him a cutter. I'd keep him. I think he carved out a role on the kick kick return team. I think he has – I still think he has – first of all, I think he has something to offer in the run game. I really do. I think Ty Johnson was enough of a disappointment last year for us. I think Michael Carter is obviously running back one. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman's going to be gone. He signed that one year. I don't see a reason why you can't keep him. It's not like you're paying him a lot of money or anything like that. And, and honestly – I think that he offers enough in the kick game that you can warrant a roster spot for him. And I don't think he's getting, I don't know how much he's getting paid off the top of my head. I can't imagine. So it's, you know, over a million and a half, if that, but uh, no, I just, I, I think he offers, he offers enough. And honestly, I don't think that there's enough tread on the tires anyway, that if you did bring in another running back, if you drafted another running back, he can't be running back number three and, and carve out a further role on the kick return game. Yeah. So, he was drafted in uh, 20, and he signed a four-year deal worth like $4.4 million, somewhere up in there. So, yeah, he has a cap hit this year of just a hair over a million dollars. And you cut him, you got a dead cap of 372000 So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think he, he got enough run, pardon the, the run, but I do think that he he can carve himself out of role, especially at that cheap amount. And you know, running backs get hurt constantly. So I think it'd be good to have a guy who knows the system, who's been in the system, and you know, if he stays healthy, I think he he will be a a solid piece. And I'm not saying he'll get out there and get six seven hundred yards, but I do think. He can get in there and get that tough, you know, tough first down here and there, spell Michael Carter and whoever else they bring in. So yeah, I'm all about keeping. Okay. So we talked about, you know, people to cut um for over cap and things like that. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that, that we talked about a lot during the uh down period or whatever that a lot of news has been going around about you know trades and guys who who the jets have been eyeing or should be eyeing and, and all of that so i'm gonna throw some guys out to you um as far as trade targets and i want to get you know your take on 
either yes or no your trade for him and what you would give up for him. All right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First up, we got Omari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, $22 million cap hit. Trade for him and let it ride. I would – this is one of those trades where it's like it's contingent upon a couple of things. First and, first and foremost, will the Dallas Cowboys eat some of that cap hit? Because $22 million for, for Amari Cooper, listen, he's a great wide receiver. I don't think he's a top five wide receiver. Uh, I think he's a fringe top ten wide receiver. And $22 million is a lot of money to tie into wide receivers when you also – if you trade for him at the full cap hit, you have him plus you have another $12.5 million tied up in Corey Davis. So right, right, right there, you're paying what 30, 34, 36 million dollars between just two players. Now yeah. I understand Zach Wilson's on the rookie deal. Like I understand it all, but like I just don't see it as a viable, viable option. Now, if if Dallas is willing to eat, let's say anywhere in the ballpark of mm, seven to ten, and you can get him on that on that similar, you know, similar deal, so to speak, uh, you know, that Corey Davis is is getting. Maybe you know, even if you want to push it to let's say. They eat eight million, and, and he's still making fourteen. I'm all for it. Now, what would I give up at at, at that cap hit at fourteen million dollars? Dallas is kind of going to be desperate to to be shedding cap because they've just dealt such big contracts to players. So, for me personally, I think a second rounder, maybe that maybe the Panthers' second rounder, but I wouldn't go anywhere anywhere near near a first rounder for him. And you kind of have to know that Dallas is going to be asking for that. Especially if they they made it abundantly clear that their priority this offseason is to re-sign Michael Gallup. So, you know, they're going to be looking to shed some cap. And with the emergence of CeeDee Lamb, it's probably going to be Amari. But I don't know if you can find a way to uh, finagle him out of there without without uh, asking them to take some of this cap. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's a no. For a lot of the reasons that you, you stated, the biggest being that $22 million cap hit. And with Dallas being up against the cap with other needs and all of that, I don't see them, you know, eating any of it. Um, and I don't know what his dead number is, but yeah, I, I don't, not for that much. So yeah, no, it's, it's a little much. All right, up next, Mister <laughs> Robbie Evans, former no, Jet. No, just just no. at that cap hit again. It's it's too much money for a guy who's not not. Listen, I'm not trying to be cheap. I'm not trying to, you know, penny pinch or, you know, anything like that. But the reality is $17 million for Robbie Anderson. If that's the going rate for wide receivers that aren't even number ones, let alone number twos. I mean, DJ Moore was the number one for that for that team. They got Terrace Marshall, who who had a, a decent rookie season, who, who didn't, you know, produce because I, I think he got a little bit injured. But he, when he was on the field, he was, he was playing well. Robbie Anderson at $16.8 million. I ain't even entertaining the idea of it. It's not even worth bringing up how much it would cost because you had your chance last year. And if you really wanted to wanted to sign him, you probably could have gotten him for cheap, cheaper. Probably, by cheaper, I mean like you probably could have signed him to like a four-year, $40 million deal when he was with us as an extension. So there's just – there's no reason to trade for him at a $16.8 million cap it. Let, let the Panthers deal with that. And if they cut him and you can sign him to a, a similar deal to what you got Keelan Cole on this year – Sure, he'd be a nice number three. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a Robbie guy. Loved him. But uh it's all, you know, water on the bridge now and just move forward. So yeah, it's a it's a no for me. Up next, 
Brandon Cooks, who should have been a Jet anyway. But trade for him or let it go. Polar opposite of Robbie Anderson. First and foremost, his cap hit is relatively close to being the same anyway, but the, the production is there. I think he's had, what, a 1,000-yard season with five every different year. teams every year? Every team he's went to. Every and it, and we're and this isn't even a joke, right? Because like he played for what he played for the Saints, right? Saints, yep. Saints had a, a noodle arm Drew Brees, so take that for what you will. But, uh, he played with the Texans, who had Davis Mills this year. Uh, uh he played for the Patriots and he, uh, who did he play for the Rams with uh, he played, yeah, he, had, he played with golf with the Rams. Uh, he had Deshaun in 2020. Davis Mills in 21, um, and then Brady. Drew Brady, and had Brady for one year. Okay, so that tells me all I need to know. The dude's productive. He he's exactly what this team needs. He's a burner. He's he can run the nine wrap, but he could he could run over. The, he's fearless over the middle. It's an easy yes for me. Uh, would I ask for a reduction in the cap? Absolutely, but I think the Texans are in a in a, in a good cap situation right now, if I'm not mistaken, especially with the Deshaun Watson news. You know hopefully soon coming to an end where they can figure out what's going on with that. So uh, it's, it's the easiest yes in the world. And honestly, I, I would give up a second round pick, one of the second round picks without, without, you know, thinking twice. I just think that he's that good of a wide receiver and he would complement what we already have him and Elijah Moore on the, you know, him and Elijah Moore, honestly, Brandon Cooks can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. He can play every wide receiver position. He's what, what we wish Denzel Mims could have been. And and not from a physical attribute side, but more of a Denzel Mims doesn't know all three positions, but they're trying to teach him all three positions. Brandon Cooks can play, you know, X, Y, and slot. So, yeah. so it, it's an easy yes. And honestly, if I got him, it's it's him and Elijah Moore on the outside. Corey Davis can be on the inside. They can move it around and they can make it work. I agree. I would love to have production. Pr- production means everything in, in this game. And for him to do it with so many different teams, so many different systems, so many different types of quarterbacks. There's a lot about him. So, yeah, I'd do it for the right price. Mr. Mr. Slant God can't guard Mike, Michael Thomas, $25 million. No. I love him as a player. He is a slant God. He's an underneath God. He's a great route runner. He, he, he can beat people deep. He can take a five-yard slant and turn it into a 60-yard gain. Like, he has the speed. Listen, man, at a reduced cap hit, I'd think about it, but $25 million for a guy that's coming off an injury that didn't really – I don't think he played a game last season. You really haven't seen him without Drew Brees either, and I don't mean that to say that he's a product of Drew Brees, but I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be honest here. I don't see – I don't see it as a viable option. If you can somehow get them for a reduced rate, and I'm talking like super reduced because I think the Saints are in cap hell, and they just restructured, I think, Ryan Ramschek and someone else, and they saved 26 mil, and they're still like 40 over. I think they restructured him too. Oh, well, I mean, nonetheless, if, if you can somehow get them on a restructured, cheaper deal, and I'm talking like significant. I'm talking like $14 million less, $12 million less. Okay, I'd entertain it, but – as it stands right now with that cap hit, there's there's no chance that I would even I wouldn't even sniff the phone yeah. to call them. Yeah, uh I'm the same. My only issue is is the cap and the amount of capital it would cost to get him. So you know, you can't have a guy who who who's a record breaking wide receiver 
you're not getting him for, for a second or third or fourth, anything like yeah, that. DeAndre so, Hopkins would like a word. Yeah, but we're talking about the Texans. And Bill O'Brien is a complete idiot. They traded him because he didn't want to pay him an extra two or $3 million a year. So, you know, you, you can't account for stupidity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Up next, Mr. Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I would do it. Um, I think that there was a lot that came out. It was, it, it, you know, I don't want to speak too much on it, but, you know, Calvin Ridley's issue wasn't so much. I mean, it was definitely mental health related, but it, a lot of it had to do with the Atlanta area. And, you know, he was robbed a couple of times at gunpoint, I believe, if I read the article correctly. He, you know, his house was burglarized multiple times. Like it's, it, it, it that can have a mental toll on you. And that's potentially, you know, why he wants out, you know, more so. So at that cap hit, of course, I don't see a problem with that because he's a number one. Like, that's just what he is. His production's there. He's a talented guy. I think him and him and Elijah Moore would be one of the most dynamic duos in, in the NFL. I think we're talking about two, two 1,000-yard receivers easily next year because if you projected Elijah Moore's stats over, over 17 games, I think they said he would have had somewhere near 12, 1,300 yards and like 10 or so touchdowns, 10, 11, 12 yeah. touchdowns. So I think Calvin really is a no-brainer. The, the, the problem that you run into with him is – he needs a new deal, and the Jets can't afford to give him a new deal because they got Zach Wilson going into their second year. So you can give him a potential four-year extension. The only other issue people have is he's on the older side. He came into the league, I believe, at 24, if I'm not mistaken. He's, I think, going to be 28, 29 by the time the season starts. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a little tough if you want to. The, the drop-off for wide receiver is significantly less than the drop-off of a running back. So I still think he would be worth it, and if you can structure a deal in such a way that. You know, it's front loaded. You get the best production at the highest, you know, price will takes on his contract and you can find an easy way out, you know, towards the back. And if the production falls off, I'm all for it. So, yeah, absolutely. And what do I think it'll it'll cost to get him? Probably our second rounder because it's higher than the Panthers. But I think a second rounder and potentially a fourth. Um, and I'd be willing to pay that price because, you know, I'd rather get the proven thing then potentially take a shot in the dark, especially on wide receivers where we've been burned more often than not at yeah. the wide receiver position in the draft. I mean, I can go through a list of names that we've been burned off of. Elijah Moore being the only one that I can think of right now that has actually been a hit. And, you know, but I, mean, I just can't sit there and, and, and ignore the fact that you can potentially have a wide receiver core, Calvin Ridley, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis, who are all going to be 28 or younger. And and that's for you, young people. And we already have discussed that our offensive line is – is one piece away from really being a solid unit. So I think it's a no-brainer. I agree. I I, I pay that cost, re-sign to a deal, give up a second and a fourth without any questions. So, yeah, I agree. We'll go one more on the offensive side of the ball. DJ Moore. Uh, easiest yes again. I mean, again, the production's there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who he plays with. It doesn't matter at all. He needs a new deal similar to Calvin Ridley. I think they came in. Did they come in in the same draft? I don't remember. Uh, I think. I, th I think I might be mistaken. I think he came in one draft before Calvin Ridley. I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. They might have came in or or whatnot. But, I mean, nonetheless, DJ Moore is, is an animal. I mean, I think he has, in his first four years, he has a 1,000-yard, all-purpose all yards every season. And no, I know it was same draft. 2018. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
So I, I without a doubt, I mean, it, it, it's a no brainer. Uh, I think that that he potentially costs the same as Calvin Ridley. He would also fall into the need of a new contract because obviously they came in the second year. But at that cap, it, listen, there's no there's no price too big to pay to surround your young quarterback with talent. And DJ Moore has done it. And again, this is just the same case. Him and him and Calvin Ridley have the same measurables. Both of them can can run the whole route tree. I think DJ Moore's got a little more speed over the top, but and and, and they both go up and they get the ball. So it's just it's a no-brainer. Uh DJ Moore's been one of the water shooters I've admired for years. Um and, and I just think that you, you you just can't go wrong if you get either of these guys. And and I really I know people don't think that there's legs to this, but there's been rumors about this since, you know, the end of the season, a couple, you know, a month ago. So it's, you know, uh, I think DJ Moore is a no-brainer. Second and a fourth should probably get it done. But I think the question comes into play is, are the Panthers going to get fleeced again by us? I don't think they answered the call from Joe D. No. <laughs> you know, fool me once is all they're they going to give him. All right. So – we have um, – we talked about some offensive players. We'll slide over. I got a couple defensive players I want to talk about. Um, first one up, I think is all of our favorite, Mrs. Daniel Hunter, $26 million. No-brainer. Uh, listen, wide receivers are one thing. Edge, premier edge rushers that have been doing it consistently that are only, I believe he's 26. He came in the league when he was young. I think he was 20, 21 when he came in, right? Very young. He's very young. He's been producing since day one, and that's with or without Everson Griffin on the other side of him. So it, it's it's a no-brainer. $26 million, it, it is quite a bit of money. Uh, I don't know his current contract uh, you know, structure right now. I think this is like the, the highest it gets, and then he's a free agent. His, his, man, his, his contract is so – so weird because uh, they, you know, to keep him last year, they they added some years uh, that are, you know, essentially voided. But I don't know. It's like they front loaded it. It is. It's crazy. Like I was reading about it. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. I just can't remember all the details about it. But his his contract is, is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. But, but I'm still I just I think that it doesn't it doesn't matter. The, if you can go out there and eliminate a need via the trade market, like like and first and foremost via the trade market, and I'm loosely saying that because that's a big cap hit. And from what I understand, the Vikings don't want to pay that. So he's a potential cap casualty. I don't know what his dead cap is, but he's a potential cap casualty also. His dead cap is seven and a half. So they save almost twenty million dollars by cutting him. So. Yeah. Listen, you you go out there and it, it, when you know a team is potentially going to be cutting a guy that you really want, you can – I don't want to say low ball, but you can probably get away with throwing them something because they'd rather get something than cut them and get nothing. So, so yeah. No, I agree. No, I, I was just going to add that I would definitely make the trade because, yes, his cap hit is 26 this year, but next year is only eight eight and a half. So you're yeah. essentially getting it for 17 per. Yeah. So listen, that's a no-brainer. And honestly, I don't think you're paying you're not paying a first rounder, I don't think, for him, especially not for a guy that that is potentially on the cutting block. I think that maybe a second, but if I'm being real honest, and I know the team's probably gonna cut him, if anything, you could probably get him for a third. It's probably gonna be a bidding war, if anything. Who gives the highest pick and they'll just trade him to him? So I I think I think 
maybe a third, maybe a fourth gets it done, but I'd be more than willing to give up a second round pick if it came down to it. I agree. Up next, we got uh, EJ Greenlaw, linebacker, two point six million. We need we need speed at the linebacker position. He has familiarity with the defensive system. I mean, he has familiarity with Salah and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a no brainer. Um, had a decent year last year. Um, I'm pretty sure he came back off injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's a no brainer. Familiarity with the system. Could plug him in. You wouldn't have to worry about him. Um, I think he could potentially have have some sort of mitigating effect on uh, his ability to 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 play so much because you're you're sitting there and you're hoping Hamza makes it makes a jump. You're hoping Jamie Sherwood comes back and makes it and makes a leap. But I think for sure you can uh, you can justify the trade. I don't think it's going to take much. I think a fifth round, sixth round pick. I don't think anything crazy is going to get this trade done. And his cap it isn't too bad either. So I mean, he very well could just be a cut guy and then come over to us but if, if Salah wants him and he has familiarity with the system you go out there and you get him and you don't question it because you're going to get production out of him yeah I totally agree uh for all the reasons you said and you know he was he was poised to, to be a starter a big time starter in San Francisco then he got hurt and then you know Fred Warner and uh I forget the other kid they got you know just came on strong and you know they say you don't lose your, your position of injury, but he did. Yep. So, you know, I would definitely take him. He's still young. Uh, if he's healthy, he's cheap. You can get him for cheap. So, yeah, that's a definite yeah for me. All right. Up next, we got we got uh, Miles Jack, linebacker, Jacksonville. It's tough, man. It's really tough because he's a hell of – I think he also came in the league when he was really young. I don't think he – I think he was like 20-something years old. Again, like I think he was like Demontre Moore type young, like 20 years old. Play, yeah, play. He, he was. He was 20, 20 years old or something like that. He was really young. So I don't – I venture to guess he's only like 26, 27 right now. So he's, he's just hitting his prime years. He's been an above average, above average player for Jacksonville, but that's not saying much because Jacksonville doesn't really churn out a lot of talent. I mean, they've invested a lot in that defense. I think Miles Jack was the first pick in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. They got Josh Allen on that defense, Caleb on Chase on on that defense, Taven Bryan on that defense. They're all either for, former first round picks or high high second round picks. Miles Jack, another guy I want to obviously from the Jaguars that I want to list here is Josh Allen because you know. I can say that, but Miles Jack, I, I would entertain it. I don't know what it would cost. The cap hits a little much, especially to tie up as much as they're tying up in, in CJ Mosley. I think it's another 15 mil, if I'm not mistaken, or 17 and a half mil in, in CJ Mosley this year. So to tie up close to $30 million in between those two linebackers. Now, if you can get him at a reduced cap hit and you can get the Jaguars to eat, because I think the Jaguars rolled somewhere in the ballpark of $27 million from prior year cap to this year cap. So they can afford to, to eat some of that cap cap hit they don't they're not you know desperate for more space so to speak so i think yeah without a doubt this is at a reduced cap hit i would i think a third rounder would get this done i don't think he's worth a second rounder I, I think he's a great player i think he would be a terrific sideline to sideline defender for us um and i think he would pair really nicely with cj mosley but i don't know if i'm willing to eat that cap and tie up you know 30 something million dollars in, in between your linebackers unless 
you also can, and I think this is going to be a topic of discussion is, can you get CJ Mosley at a reduced cap hit? So, you know, I mean, this is kind of another no brainer if they go this route, but I, I, I don't know how viable, you know, feasible it is uh, currently with the current structure of the middle linebackers. So I would, uh, I would take Miles Jack Harvey back to back. Hundred plus yard, uh, yard, hundred plus tackle season. He's only twenty six years old. Um, I think he may have a couple. Yeah, he's got one more year left on his deal uh, after this season. Um, I think the kid is, is awesome. Honestly, uh, I think he's underrated. Huh? Underrated for sure. Yeah, sideline to sideline presence. Um, like you said, he'll go good with CJ. He he would also be good to, to be in-house replacement for CJ after after this season as well. So I would definitely go for him. And you know, small tidbit info, him and the Michael P. Ryan are like first cousins. So you know. Just a, just one more quick side note. And I, I he's not we don't we don't have him listed because I don't think uh I don't think it's come up yet, but when you look at the structure of the Jaguars defense and what they're going to be potentially doing in the draft this season and whatnot, I do think it is worth a call to see if you can get Josh Allen. I really yeah. do. I think because they're going to, they're going to have to pay him, right? Obviously they can afford to with Trevor Lawrence on the rookie deal, but they got their own in-house free agents. They're going to want to go out there and they're going to want to spend on other free agents. I think Josh Allen's worth the call. And if, if, the Jets can somehow finagle Josh Allen away from them. That might open them up to pick, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson with that first pick. Because right now, as far as I'm concerned, the Jaguars are in a position to take it left tackle, one of Evan Neal or Ekem, and they're going to stray away from that left. Uh, I'm sorry, from that edge rusher. But if they if they move, if the Jets can make a move for Josh Allen, and I know it sounds crazy, but you know maybe he hasn't been as productive as they would like. I know he had a hit a game last last year where he picked. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen off. He scored a touchdown against the other Josh Allen and he recovered and he sacked him and he caused the fumble, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh and of course he's one of my favorite prospects to come out in a while. So Josh Allen would also be another name that I would I would look to watch. He's one of those guys where if you can somehow get him away from from the Jaguars, I'd be willing to trade that tenth pick in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think we all wanted him instead of Q. From a scheme perspective, a scheme fit, yes, because we were running the three four at the time, yeah. and we thought that he would be a perfect three four edge. Uh, you know, at, at the at the time, it was more of an outside linebacker edge role, but yeah. he's proven that he can play as a, a, a hand in the ground defender, and you could bring him in and you can put him opposite, you know, Carl Lawson when he comes back, and and you you got two guys that can fly around the edge. Yep. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely a yeah for me on Jack, and a yeah for me on Allen. We do one more. So, yeah, we got Marcus Peters, cornerback, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I would entertain the idea because I like Marcus Peters as a player. I just don't think that he would fit our system. I think he's he he is the prototypical risk taker. He's yeah. going to get burned 50, you know, 40 to 45 percent of the time, and he's going to pick him off or make a spectacular play the other 55% of the time. I don't think that's what this defense needs. I think we saw firsthand that Bryce Hall is is more than capable of being a, a two at worst cornerback. If he learns how to get his head around, he could be a number one and in, in, in easily, in my opinion, or at least a one B. 
Um, I don't think Marcus Peters moves the needle. Yeah, the cap hit's not that bad. I would entertain it for, you know, a fifth-round pick or something like that, but I don't think he fits what this defense is looking for right now. I think that he's not – we play more zone, and he's a guy that's going to potentially play more man. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough. I, I would entertain it, but I just don't see him as a as a scheme fit right now because I think we're just – we're asking our corners to run more zone and stay on one side and, and whatnot. I just – I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched enough of him to know. I, I know his Kansas City days were a little bumpy because – they would run man, and he just takes so, – he tried to undercut so many routes and so many – he made some great plays. He was an all-pro a couple – I think – or a pro bowler a couple times. But sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So, I just – I would pass, but I would I would entertain it a little bit. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a, a, a feast or famine type of cornerback. Uh, um, I do like him, though. He's a, He's a tough guy. Hard nose. Um, and you know, his cap hit isn't that high. But he's coming off that ACL injury that he he suffered in preseason and practice. So, you know, that would worry me. But again, if it's for fifth or later and that cheap of a cap hit, I give it a spin. I mean, you know, our defense was was so terrible that you know beggars can't really be choosers, especially if we can get a guy that we know you know, can't produce even with all his faults. So, so yeah, I would definitely uh, give it a whirl. So, <clears throat> today, today was the um, the start of the, the NFL combine, and we had the tight ends run and the wide receivers run. Did, did you catch much of it, Matt? Yeah, I, I've been. I've actually had it on in the background. There's some uh, some interesting tidbits to come out of here. I mean, right now it looks like the quarterbacks are, are, are you know running. Or I'm sorry, they're they're throwing the ball a little bit. But overall, I mean, it's been uh, it's been pretty impressive and a little bit of disappointment between some of the wide receivers and and whatnot. I, I don't know if you want to get into any names or anything like that, but but I got some little little snippets that I took from it. Yeah, so I I tell you what we'll do. You can just throw out a couple names that you got, and you know, next week's episode when all three of us here, we're gonna really just, you know, get into all of it once. You know, your linebackers and, and all of that run and, and, and you know, pass rushes. That way we can have a you know a full fledged fleshed out conversation. But by all means, you know, throw out the tidbits that you got for today. All right. So uh I guess we can start off with a lot of uh a lot of Jets fans, I wouldn't say favorite prospect, but one of our, our guys to watch. Uh, Traylon Burks uh, came in at, at people had him listed at I think Arkansas had him listed at, at about six three came in at in at about six two people rumored his hands were gigantic 10, 10 inches ten and a half inches or something like that came in at nine and seven eight so almost at a ten inch mark but listen I'm not someone who puts a lot of stock into the measurements I, I like to see how they you know do on the field and Traylon Burks again ran a forty time of his first forty was a four five five people were saying at four four would be ridiculous, you know, whatever. Four five and then a uh, four five five and then a four five oh flat. Um, you know, people got to understand. And and my, my thing with the NFL draft and the, and, and the combine is that people are so quick to put stock into things that don't really, you know, matter. Some players play faster than they do, you know, in a workout, so to speak. So Traylon Burks, to a lot of people, it was a disappointing combine for him. Um, 
Me, not so much. I mean, six foot two is what he came in at. Uh, that four five at, at two twenty five is pretty damn fast. And and funny enough, he's in line with guys like AJ Brown. And we all know how how much I love AJ Brown, how much Amari loves AJ Brown, and we'd love to have AJ Brown on our roster. So Traylon Burks came in, and people were a little underwhelmed by by his performance. But I ultimately think that you know he's he's running a four five flat at two twenty five, coming in well above six feet with you know well above you know, sized hands. So I just, I don't see why people are so down on him. He's still my wide receiver. Number one, he still reminds me of Debo Samuel. Um, I still think that if, if he's there at 10 and, and someone doesn't take him sooner, you have to at least entertain the idea of taking him. So that's just, uh, that that's one of the guys that I, 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 you know, I was reading about, I watched some of the workout and stuff like that. And I, I, I was impressed for a guy, his size to, to do what he was doing, but some people have other things to say. Yeah, um I think I think that four five five that he ran probably turned off, you know, a few people. But I also think that it would be a lot better than that once he goes to his pro day. Yeah. You know, um but again, like he, we've seen some blazers in the forties that don't do anything in the league, you know, uh who did that? Who's that we got in the second round a few years ago? Devin uh, Smith, Justin Ward, John Ross. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm all about how they do on the field. Like I, I put I put more stock into the drills as far as like the gauntlet show and all of that than I do with the straight out 40. So that's what i I'm looking for. Oh, for sure. And and I think that, again, measurables are one thing. But when you put on his tape, and I urge everyone to go watch his tape, he did it in the SEC, where you're playing against the best of the best. He plays a lot faster than that, that 40 time would suggest, because that's just how some players are. Some players play faster in game, game speed, because you're, run, you're running away from someone. You're trying to create space against someone. Running against air isn't nearly as, as difficult. Or, or I'm sorry, as competitive, and doesn't give that you know that boost that that some players get when they're playing against you know competition. So I don't know. I I, I didn't leave too upset with his with his drills, but you're right. If I was him, I'd probably shed 15 pounds by pro day. Go out there, run a uh, you know a mid four four. Yeah, uh, assuming he gets with a with a strength and conditioning coach or whatever. If he's not already with one, shed 10 pounds, and you, you're sitting there at the same. Damn near close to the same. He's definitely taller than Rashad Bateman was last year when he ran a four four five. So listen, Trey Lombard is still my wide receiver one, wide receiver two, but uh, I wasn't too disappointed. But some people were quick to uh, throw shade at him. Yeah. So you know, like I said, we we don't really get into it. Episode fifty four, um, all of it. But one last tidbit that I want to throw out there give people something to think about over the weekend, something you, you brought to my attention, uh, was uh, the quarterback from Liberty turning some heads, you know, making making people take notice. And, you know, the, all the talk has been, uh, you know, teams have been falling in love with it. So with that being said, you think that number four pick could be in play as far as trade if he does well, you know, in the combine and his pro day. All indications are, and he's actually throwing, he was just throwing 
uh, unless, you know, I don't know if he already threw and this is just a replay because I, I just got home. But uh, I think without a doubt, I mean, we, we see this every year, right? We see this every year. A quarterback jumps to the top, whether it's one we expect or one we don't. I mean, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere when he transferred into LSU, and then he just jumped to the top, right? I mean, we see it every year. So Malik Willis went out there. All, all, Everything I read was he was impressing people with his interview, his play recognition, his ability to maintain, you know, you know, withhold, so to speak, uh, you know, retain information is the word I'm looking for. And then on the field, I mean, the dude has the, the strongest arm. I think at the senior bowl, if I'm not mistaken, he threw some some ball, the equivalent of like 70 miles per hour down down the field, which was ridiculously fast, uh, according to that metric. I don't know specifically what metric they used. But, um, you know, from, from the senior bowl down, you just – you see the comps. You see the athleticism. I absolutely do think it's in play that he could potentially even go as high as number two if Detroit falls in love with him. I mean, we all know the Jaguars aren't, but listen, we've been hoping hoping for quarterbacks to, to make that leap, and this very well could be that moment where Malik Willis makes that leap and he jumps into that top five conversation and a team like potentially Philadelphia, who everyone is quick to say Jalen Hurts, but I saw Nick Tiriani throw Jalen Hurts on the bus all year for the most part about him not having his best game. So I absolutely think that he's in play for any any pick from one to four. So it's just going to be – it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and I think that if, if the Jets find themselves in a position where Ekem's gone, Kayvon's gone, and Aiden's gone, I think you really do have to entertain the idea of trading back. And I think that there will be plenty of teams, especially if he works out well. Look at the, the Washington football team because the commander's name is absolutely garbage. Look at the Steelers. Look at the Eagles. Um, Denver potentially could be looking at a, at a quarterback. I mean, we still got to wait to see what happens with Deshaun, and we got to wait to see what happens with, with Aaron Rodgers. But you got a bunch of teams that could potentially be looking looking at quarterback. And if one of them separates themselves from the pack, I think that the Jets absolutely should be on the phone and they should absolutely fleece another team of, of future assets and current assets just because they can. Because when you come up for a quarterback, it's usually paying a premium well above cap lot value. Yeah. Or pick lot value, sorry. Here's my I hope that he blows them all away. And I hope, you know, that I hope, you know, him and other guys, you know, do their thing because, you know, um, if who we want at four isn't there and who we don't want at four still there, I would really love for a team to take that decision away from him, you know, and trade up to get their man. So I, I if, if, you know, KB in there, or and I know you guys are, are high on uh, Ikwanku. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, him or Neil. You know the tackles. Uh, I'm pretty much all in on on KB. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson will be there at all. We all agree no to Cal Hamilton. So. It wouldn't bother me if he blows somebody away and the Jets trade their number four. Um, because, it, you know, this draft is deep in places that we need, and it it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. Um, or if they pick someone at four and trade at 10, even though I kind of want Sauce Gardner, Gardner there or somebody of the like. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into all of that on another episode. But, yeah, you know, we got the combine going. It'll be going on all weekend. And uh, 
we're going to really get into it with the whole team on our episode 54. So uh, you got anything you want to add to close this out, man? No, man. Uh, I know we had a little bit of a heated heated debate on, on uh, you know, picks and who's right, who's wrong about, you know, picks and whatnot. But I just think that that's the beauty of the draft. That's the beauty of free agency is that you, you get to debate, you know, your stance on things and you can use facts, logic, you know, again, opinions, whatever to, to, to you know, prove to whomever that, that the picks that you want or, or, or don't want. Are, are the right moves to the franchise. And I'm just hoping that no matter what happens, they the, the Jets sit down. And, and I know they asked Salah some questions about safety and, and unicorns and all this other baloney. But I just hope that the Jets really do sit down. They they, they do exactly what they did last year. They go through the same process that they did last year. And and maybe, just maybe, and we, we talked about this in the group chat, maybe the, 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 the chips are falling in our direction now the right way because we saw what happened what our draft class looked like last year we no one thought we were gonna michael carter or elijah moore or avt i mean we thought we were gonna get avt but that's a different story but no one thought we were gonna do any of that and and they fell our way so maybe this is the year that Kayvon falls or we get one of the premier edge rushers or, or equanu turns into the super the super stud that we think he can be so I don't know, man. It is a lot to be excited about with the franchise. So I'm excited to see how the combine plays out. And then free agency is shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same, man. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Um, I'm more excited, not about the big name guys, but, you know, the Sky Moores and and those guys who uh, could become high risers because of their, you know, what they do at the combine, in, in addition to you know their tape or whatever, so I'm I'm more interested in looking for like the diamonds in the rough and, and guys that a lot of people don't talk about you know like folks we talked about last year that blew up or had good years you know like your Benjamin St. Juice and you know guys like that who we talked about and not too many people were talking about so I'm looking forward to doing that again and and you know bringing it to the people so yeah I'm I'm really excited about it so yeah. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, for sure. So, with uh, with that being said, folks, this has been episode number fifty-three of the Flight Deck Podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys for you know rocking with us for tuning in, and you know we're we're on YouTube and and you know on our page now, so you can find us in video form as well as audio on our podcast. You know, make sure to subscribe to the Flight Deck Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms apple google stitch uh spotify anchor overcast all of those we're there so you know search us out subscribe give us a listen and and we really appreciate it so on behalf of my guy mr matthew freeze on behalf of our mr compadre mr omar brown it's your boy tk we appreciate you guys we love you guys and we look forward to talking to you for episode number 54 next week Y'all have a good one.